If you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to Proverbs 20, verse 7. The title of my sermon is Nothing But the Truth. Proverbs 27, the righteous man leads a blameless life. Blessed are his children after him. It's ironic that we have seen the value of speaking the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth come to the forefront in our society during these uh, particular months. The national scene is really uh, revving up because uh, there are politicians on the loose everywhere. We get uh, calls every day. We get two or three things in the mail every day. And uh, there's going to be some things said that are not true. Uh, you know, you have to really do a lot of research and get beyond the ads because so many of the ads are just something they made up. So uh, you've got to really uh, study it uh, to know who to vote for. Today's sermon is not only appropriate for us individually about the truth, but it's also important for us as a nation, that we be a people that stand with the truth and for the truth and nothing but the truth. We need to be honest in all matters. The Bible has a lot of significant words that we need for us to be honest in our daily walk. There are examples of people who are honest in the Bible. There are examples of people who are liars, who are dishonest. And the consequences that they experience because of who they have been. Honestly, that very fact is proof of the validity of our Bible. The Bible doesn't hide anything. It's all in there. Uh, it shows the characters in their finest moments, and it shows them at their weakest moments. The Bible tells the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Sometimes the truth is funny, isn't it? Sally was driving home from one of her business trips to northern Arizona. She lived in Phoenix. It was a long drive back and forth. And in her job, she had to do it regularly. When she saw an elderly Navajo woman walking along the side of the road, she thought, well, this trip is so boring. It's the same thing. Maybe if I stopped and picked her up, it would make uh, the trip more enjoyable. So she stopped her car and asked the Navajo lady if she would. Uh, like a ride. And the Navajo lady gave a silent nod of thanks and got into the car. Resuming the journey, Sally tried in vain to get her involved in a conversation. She didn't say anything, didn't say a word. Well, the older woman just sat there silently looking at everything very, very carefully that was in the car and looking at Sally very, very Carefully. Well, then she noticed, last of all, a white bag that was sitting beside Sally. What in bag? The elderly Navajo lady said. 
Sally looked down at the white bag and said, It's a box of chocolates. I got it for my husband. The Navajo woman was silent for a moment or two. And then speaking with the quiet wisdom of an elder, she said, Good trade. She was being very honest. (laughs) One thing which is puzzling is the fact that all of us want to, to make it a big deal in our country that we're known as an honest, upright society. We, we want that to be the vision that the world has of us. We want to be honest. We, uh, kind of promote that in every way that we can. But you know, in our own personal lives, we don't give that a lot of attention. When parents are asked to give the number one quality that they would like to see in their children, more than any others, they say honesty. I'd like for my child to be honest. Well, that's important. I read a number of years ago a survey in USA Today which said 91% of Americans lie regularly, 91%. Well, I have been keenly aware that during the day, there are a number of opportunities that we have to lie, a number of times when it really helps us to lie, we think. Uh, There are a number of opportunities every day for each one of us to not tell the truth. We say sometimes the check is in the mail when it's not in the mail. Uh, Sometimes we say, you know, I'm doing just fine. Somebody say, how are you? I'm doing just fine. When actually we're hurting all over and we're sick. But we've said we're fine so many times in our life, it just automatically comes out. I'm fine. How are you? Well, sometimes we say to people, good to see you again. When we don't even like that person. We wish that we would never see her again, but we say that. Uh, Have you gotten this one? Uh, You're guaranteed a winner. Have you gotten that uh, message? I get that in the mail every day, and I usually get a phone call every day that I've won something, and uh, I've never checked out any of those uh, because I don't really think they're telling the truth. Uh, when a lady comes up to another lady and they say, how do you like my new dress? <clears throat> what are you going to say? <laughs> are you going to say, no, I don't, I don't like it. It doesn't go with anything else that you have on. <laughs> You're not going to say that. You say, I love it. It's just beautiful. You wear it so well. When Cindy and I uh, got married, uh, she had about 10 dresses that she bought at Goodwill. And uh, I found out pretty quickly that she was colorblind. I could tell that from the dresses. <laughs> well, uh, 
When we got married, uh, they had a reception, of course, and they gave us presents, and it was real nice. And somebody gave us a $50 guest card to Burdines. And I thought, well, that was nice. When we got back from our honeymoon, I said, Cindy, let's go to Burdines. I want to buy you a dress. And she said, okay. So uh, we got in the car, went to Burdines, and I picked out a dress. It looked real pretty, and I said, darling, I think this is going to be just beautiful on you. And she put it on, and it was. And I said, I really like that one. She said, well, I like it too. I think it's just wonderful, but we can't get this. It costs $200. And I said, well, we've got a a card, a kind of a credit thing for $50. Let's splurge. Let's get it. So we bought it on the way back to the house. I said, you know that purple dress that you have? And she said, uh, yes. And I said, why don't we lose that one and put this one in its place? And uh, she said, okay. So uh, every time from then on, uh, if there was an anniversary or Christmas or her birthday or Valentine's Day, whatever it was, we would go somewhere and buy her a dress. And on the way back to home, I would say, you know that pinkish uh, (laughs) dress that you have? Uh, Why don't we lose that one and let's put this one uh, in its place? It took about two years, and uh, we got all those addresses uh, straightened out. Well, about ten years later, I was preaching a sermon, and it seemed like that story would fit right there and so I told the story I had forgotten that I had never told Cindy that story (laughs) after church we had a long conversation (laughs) it's very obvious that dishonesty uh, takes on many faces Now, what are you going to say if a lady says, how do you like my new dress? You know, think about it. What are you going to say? We have developed a society where it is easier to be dishonest than it is to be honest. It's ironic that we have come to a point where people expect us, they expect us to be dishonest. Apparently, it does not... uh, phase are political people. Uh, They get uh, in front of the camera and they say, uh, I wouldn't lie to you, this is the way it was. And it's a big lie, and you you know it is. Uh, We have all these uh, people that send out things saying bad things about the other candidate, and it just infuriates us if we like the person that they're talking against. But there's all sorts of that going on in our nation. The statement truth in advertisement has become an oxymoron uh, in recent years because of apparent lies by these TV preachers. The Christian faith has come under a lot of scrutiny because people think, well, you know, if those guys on TV are representative of the whole thing, then I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, well, you know, that's that's happened. It's amazing how many of our business people 
feel like they have to lie in order to compete. Dishonesty seems to be prevalent in our society today. Now, for those of us who are Christians, this should not surprise us. Uh, In the book of Genesis, we find that dishonesty was used by the serpent to deceive the woman. And we have seen the mess that that has caused from that day forward. This has been a struggle between Satan and God for man. And truth is the issue. John 8, 44 says, The devil is a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. He is a liar and the father of lies. The Bible tells us that God is the father of truth. Jesus himself said in John 14, I am the way the truth, and the life. The Bible is telling us the truth when it says that God is on one side and Satan is on the other side. If you and I intend to really follow God every day by what we say, by what we do, then we must make a choice of telling the truth the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Or live a life of dishonesty like most of the other folks in the world. We can uh, live our lives in an honest way if we really want to. Sometimes it's very hard, but uh, we can do it. I want to talk with you about uh, four ways we can actually accomplish that. Take an honest look at your life. Let's do that. For some people, lying has become a very close part of their lives. They have lied so much for so long, they don't even know when they're lying anymore. That's just something they've said so many times that, you know, they've come to believe it as they say it. Well... Even though it may be difficult for some of us, I believe that it would do us good to take an honest look at our own lives to discover any dishonesty that's in our hearts. You know, we want to do that. We want to give ourselves an examination. To take this look at yourself, I want, to, I want you to ask yourself three different questions. Question number one. What area of my life am I being dishonest? Is it in my marriage? Is it in my work? Is it in my lifestyle? Is it with my friends, with myself, or with God? The second question, am I uh, being dishonest in this way or that way? What In what way am I being dishonest? Is it in being silent? You know, sometimes if there's a situation that develops around us and the truth needs to be said, do we just remain silent? You know, so many of us don't want to get involved in an argument with anybody, so we just don't say anything. 
But you know, every once in a while in life, there is the situation that comes up, and you're there, and you're a Christian, and you know that the Lord wants you to speak the truth, and somebody in the crowd needs to stand up and tell the truth. Well, uh, we're being dishonest if we're not saying anything. By cheating, by slandering someone else. Cindy and I were uh, visiting a church when we were on vacation, and this guy was teaching a Sunday school lesson. And throughout the uh, lesson, he was running down Billy Graham. Did it four or five times. And I was sitting there, and my temperature was going up. And so finally, uh, I interrupted him. And I said, uh, I want to say something about Billy Graham. He has uh, been instrumental in leading more people to Christ than any other person that has ever lived. You know, if you were going to pick on somebody, it doesn't seem like it would be him. Uh, you know, he's uh, stayed true to the word, true to the Lord all these years. I think he's a tremendous example for every single person in our country. And I really don't like it that you're saying all these bad things against him. I was a visitor. And uh, so he, he kind of got all bum-fuzzled there and uh, he didn't know where to go from there, so he just kind of looked to see if the next thing was uh, anything to do with Billy Graham. So he left those things out. And after the class, a number of people in the class came up and said, I'm really glad you said something. And I said, well, something needed to be said. Since I'm just a visitor, next time you're going to have to say it. The third question, why am I being dishonest? Is it because of my own security or insecurity? Why is it? Out of greed, is that the reason I'm being dishonest? Out of fear, because of pride, for my own personal gain, is that the reason I'm being dishonest? Is it peer pressure or jealousy? I've known a lot of people that uh, through the years uh, I've watched, and it doesn't matter who's in charge, they're critical of the one that's in charge. doesn't matter who it is. You know, I've just watched them through the years. You know, we, and, and they were, you know, an active church member. Every once in a while, we really do need to examine our own heart about this or that. And see where we are, how we're doing, what the Lord is thinking about, what we say. If you will ask yourself these three questions and be honest with yourselves, you're on your way to living a very honest life. Point number two, make an honest appraisal of the benefits and consequences of being honest. I have to be honest with you and say that there are some benefits from being dishonest. If I cheat on my income taxes and I don't get caught, well, there's a benefit there. Uh, I get to keep the money. If you lie and say, well, my dog ate my homework, 
uh, I may uh, benefit by your giving me more time to finish my work. If I lie to you about who I am, I may benefit by your trusting me more. There are some cases of temporarily benefiting from being dishonest. Sometimes you do get ahead because of that. But when I benefit from being dishonest, I must ask myself this question. Are those gains more important than the truth? If they are, then I'm telling the world that I am more interested in living my life as the world lives it than as the Lord would have me live my life. Listen to me. The Bible is very clear when it says that those benefits are only temporary if you gain them in the wrong way. It's like the athlete who cheats by taking drugs to build himself up uh, in size, in strength. Uh, he hopes in a, you know, in brain power and this power and that power, all the powers. When he finally stops taking the drug, when he finally stops living the lie, he returns to who he really is. He cannot live the lie forever. Proverbs 13, 21 is one of those verses that you might want to mark on your Bible. Uh, every once in a while, I find a verse that I think is just very apropos for uh, each of us. And I think this is one of them. Proverbs 13, 21 says, Misfortune pursues the sinner. That would be the liar. Misfortune pursues the liar, but prosperity is the reward of the righteous. You know, if we tell the truth, God is going to bless us because we're doing that. If you are wondering, now, what, what rewards are we talking about here? If we live a life of honesty, there are rewards uh, for our lifestyle, and you say again, well, what are they? Well, living an honest life builds character. Character is still important around the world because after a number of years, people really learn who you are. Some people, it doesn't take that long. Uh, and if you have a strong character about you, they'll reach out to help you and to lead you and to guide you and all of those things. Most of us, when we think of living an honest life, think of keeping a good reputation. We want to have a good reputation. Reputation is what other people think about you. Character is who I really am. Character is important. Character is the one thing that you can take with you. If you are a man of good character, you will be rewarded richly for that in the life beyond when you get to glory. Character is also something that you can pass along to your children. And that is very, very important. Some people teach their children how to steal. 
Some people teach their children how to lie. You know, it's up to us as Christian people to, as best we can, teach our children to tell the truth and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. If I'm a person of character, it has a great effect on my children as they develop their character. I want to go back to the text for just a moment. Proverbs 20, verse 7. The righteous man leads a blameless life. Blessed are his children after him. You want your children to follow in your shoes if you're an honest person, if you have a real good character about you. Home is where character is taught. Pastors are in a position where they get a lot of compliments. I've uh, heard people tell me how great my sermon was, and later I learned that they were deaf. Uh, I always appreciate remarks uh, like that, but sometimes they're bordering on something. You, you all are a very uh, gracious church, and Jim and Tom and I really appreciate that. You believe in affirming your pastors, and, and we appreciate it, really. But I want you to know that any parent would trade all of your compliments and all of your favorable comments just to hear their children speak well of their father, who would be you. That's the real test of your character. Those that know you best love you the most and want to follow in your footsteps. Living an honest life builds spiritual maturity. When I'm being dishonest, I'm not facing the sin that is keeping me from growing in my relationship to Christ. I'm just not growing in that way. If I'm not being honest. When I am honest, I am not only honest with the world, but I'm also honest with myself. And when I am honest with who I am, it moves me on forward toward becoming what Christ would have me to be. Living an honest life also helps me feel secure. When I'm honest... I begin to feel secure in the truth. I don't have to keep looking over my shoulder to see if something is going to catch up with me. Something that I have done, some lie that I have told. You know, a lot of people in our world, they're looking over their shoulder all the time. Because they've done a lot of things that really weren't right and told a lot of lies. And so they're never secure. Because some of those things are going to catch up with them. And they know that. And they're sort of dreading uh, that day. There is a security in being honest. Proverbs 11.6 says, The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by evil desires. One question you must ask yourself is this. Am I willing to pay the price for being honest? Will I pay it? Will I pay that price? 
Honestly, there's a cost for being honest. And then ask yourself, am I willing to change in those areas that I may find myself being dishonest? Well, until you're ready to be honest, enough to change, until you're ready to do that, you never will do it. You have to make a strong decision and then stand up for it and live it just as best you can. Thirdly, love God and seek a closer walk with Him. Really look for a walk with Him. The more intimate you are with God, the more compelled you are to be honest. If God is indwelling your life, it is very difficult to be dishonest. Most people don't really cuss a lot around their Sunday school teacher or one of their pastors or, you know, you know what I'm saying. If God is indwelling your life, very difficult to be dishonest. If I don't have a close walk with God, I let acts of dishonesty short-circuit what the Holy Spirit wants to do with me. And the same for you. You keep your relationship to God in good repair by seeking a close walk with Him every day. Every day. Psalms 140 verse 13 says, Honest people will live in God's presence. There is nothing more honest than that. I am talking about the daily walk with God that causes you to want to live your life that would be pleasing to the sight of our Heavenly Father. It would uh, help keep the name Christian in good regard. You know, when a Christian really messes up, it hurts the cause. It hurts the message that, that Christ would want to spread across the land. A positive, endearing, strong message of truth and honor and love and things like that. Fourthly, we want to develop the habit of honesty. I'm wondering, after listening to a sermon on honesty today, what what are you going to do about it? Are you going to do anything about it? Uh, let me encourage you to respond to this message by being honest. You say, well, I will be most of the time. Remember now, Proverbs 13, 21. God rewards those who are honest. I know that you want the reward of God. And God wants to give it to you. And he will give it to you. If you'll be honest. Well, God honors us with protection. He honors us by leading us out of bad situations, bad uh, initiatives that we might take. And thirdly, he blesses us by holding us up. I wish we had a lot of... Sometimes I wish that we just had an hour uh, more for church. Amen. Uh, you know, I, I wish we had the time today to uh, start over here on this side of the room and go around the room.
and let everybody get up and give a little story about how when you told the truth, it made such a difference, not only in your life, but in, but in the lives of everybody that's here and you tell that. You know, if we heard about 300 testimonies like that, we'd say to ourselves, hey, I need to get on that boat. They're doing the right thing. I want to follow them. All the blessings that they've talked about that God has given them because they stood up and were honest. Well, today, if you're in the house and uh, you have been visiting with us and you like it, we want you to come and join. We don't twist your arm. We don't call you every hour of the night. Uh, we don't do any of the bad things uh, that I guess some people have in their mind. Uh, what we try to do is become family to you. That's what we want to do, be a Christian family. So if you need a church home, we want to invite you today to walk forward and take a stand for Christ. If you're here today, you've never really trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior, this would be a great day. It'd be the, in fact, it'd be the greatest day of your life. It'd be the greatest day for eternity in your life. So that would be a real good thing. If you're here, you'd like to rededicate your life to the Lord. We have these pews up here that are open. You could just kneel and bow and pray. And If we could help, we'd love to do it. Well, these are the decisions. If you have other decisions, to come forward. Take a stand. Uh, we'd like to honor that in any way that we could. We're going to stand in just a moment and sing. When we do, I'm going to stand down here at the front. If there's a decision for Christ that the Holy Spirit is urging you to make, just slip out, slip forward, and take a stand for Him. Let's stand as we sing.